to what? It is the Comedy Edutainment Podcast. We take it in turns to present a topic that we have done a little bit of research on in the most entertaining way that we can, and then we score each other, but in a fun, accumulative Hogwarts system. Joining me, as always, is Chelsea Harfouche. Did you forget my last name for a second? No, I left a pregnant pause. <gasps> I love a pregnant pause. Like they do in a game show. Chelsea Harfouche! <laughs> Yeah, I'm doing good. I'm feeling strong and I'm feeling brave. Joining us this week is Mm -hmm. a really good friend of mine. You may have heard her before, depending on which of these podcasts we release first. Who's to say? say? (laughs) Beth Oddie, welcome to my cupboard. Thank you again. A joy. A second time. And a terrifying experience to be back here. So thank you so much. What do you do, Beth? Oh man, <laughs> I work. It's so boring. I it's, work. In, I work. Everybody everywhere. has a job. I work in tech. Um, Hell yeah. Yeah, fintech. Oh, oh do you work at Go Cardless? No, but I wish. No, I don't wish actually. But I. Ooh, do you have the tea on Go Cardless? Guys, if you're listening, I would. <laughs> I would be honored to work for you. I just meant because I love my current company. Oh, I see. Mm-hmm. I only know about Go Cardless because I listened to a podcast with the CEO on it, and then I was like, I'm just like really well versed in London fintech. I suppose. Which podcast was it? Uh, Death, Sex, and Money. Death, Sex, and Money. Death, Sex, and Money. Great podcast. I'm into all three. Of those <laughs> I know. Well, that's, I'm not going to lie to you. That's why I started listening to it. Okay, so if you haven't listened to our podcast before, what we do is that we each take a topic that we have done a little bit of research about and we uh, we present it to each other. But before we do that, we like to play a little game mm-hmm. where we have given our topic a thesis title. We get to share that with each other and try and guess what the others are. Before we start that, can I tell you guys my favorite ever thesis title that I saw that like for me it's like for me it's the watermark that I'm always trying to achieve and surpass but I don't know that I ever will okay which was it was like a 10th grade biology paper wasn't by me and it was called cut my frog into pieces this is my lab report into pieces this is my lab report that is good okay so the name of my topic this evening yes is brain freeze <gasps> is it about brain freeze because i find brain freeze intriguing no oh okay, i'm gonna throw a hail mary pass is it about the dial pass no is it about like um what's it called uh, hypothermia no Okay. Is it about, um, like, weird testing that they did on brains in Russia? Actually, yes. <laughs> oh, shit. Shut the fuck up. Oh, my God. Well, I, I think, just said Russia I think cold. Beth just, yeah, I think Beth just won this round. <laughs> I uh, thought I was being so smart. This is why I got ice. <laughs> <laughs> Brain freeze. Oh, I see. I got it. It's like a little bit of, like, sound design there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my topic is called, like, father, like son. Um, Why was the first thing I thought of incest? I was going to say, is it about that movie where the guy is like sexually abusing his dad? Oh, no. What? Huh? Wait, that actually sounds really familiar. What movie is that? I can't remember what it's called. Oh, uh, we need to, uh, The it's Strange some... Things About the Johnsons. Yes. Yeah, it's yeah. by the same guy that did Midsummer and Hereditary. It was a short film. Oh, yeah. Yes, fuck. That it was tracks. a short film. That tracks. Oh, it sure does. Yeah, like, if anyone was going to make it. It was his movie. short film uh, when he was still in school, and people were like, something's wrong with you. I'm going to give you a lot of money. And then he made Hereditary. You... Let's not address it. Yeah, let's never address it. But Midsummer fucked me up. Is it about genetics? No. Mm. It's about inherited trauma. Ooh. No, but that is a topic that I want to explore. Yeah, it's very interesting. Is it about fathers and sons who've killed together? No. Oh, but that's a screenplay. <laughs> Let's talk after this. <laughs> I have a great podcast recommendation. Oh my <laughs> <laughs> um, mine is called... And, like, don't freak out. Okay. Now you see me, now you don't. Fuck. If it's fucking magic, it's Beth, we magician. already talked about this. I know, it's not magic. Wait, no magic. Me. Now you see me, now you don't. Now you see is it me, about? now you don't. Is it about how Jesse Eisenberg is weirdly attractive? Um, it's not, but we can also talk about that for as long as you like, because 100%. Now you see me, now you don't. Now you see me, now you don't. Uh, two-way mirrors. One-way mirrors. Three-way mirrors. Nothing about mirrors. Not every word is spelt how you're currently saying it. So now you see me, now you don't. Is it about, like, sheep? Is it you? Like, E-W-E? 
Now I you love that, that, that was where you first <laughs> <laughs> Now you see me. Now you don't. There's not see. Like S-E-A-C? S-E-A? It is S-E-A-C. <gasps> oh my now God. you see me. Now so there's sheeps in the sea. There is zero sheep involved in this. Okay. All right. What is about the ocean? The ocean can be creepy, so I'm excited. The ocean's super creepy. Well, seeing as you've already busted my title, I should probably kick us off. Yeah, good. Hell yeah. So, yes, Brain Freeze is about the psychic Cold War. Or the Soviet Union's one billion psychotronic arms race with the USA. You gotta. Obviously, during the Cold War, the US and the Soviet Union battled on many fronts to demonstrate the superior technical and scientific achievements. We know this. We, mm-hmm. The moon. Oh, yeah, for sure. Missiles. Space race. Space race. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Space race, missile race. I've seen the Americans. Uh Two opposing forces since ancient times have sought to uh, have sought the wisdom of oracles and soothsayers and genies to like spy on their enemies and help them. Like you hear like you know ancient stories about like we must consult the oracle. Like in three hundred, like in three hundred, those ladies that were obviously underwater. A hidden race during the Cold War between the US and the USSR was they were both conducting research into psi phenomena hoping to figure out how to spy on the other. You gotta. Through mind control. <gasps> I love to control. So, was it like MK Ultra? We've heard about the men who stare at goats. Yeah. My good friend Drew does a fantastic topic on what the CIA did in these mind control experiments because three years ago, the CIA dumped its so-called crown jewels of documents, decades old secrets, onto their website. You can download and check them out. And it's all the men who stare at goat stuff about how they were trying to move stuff with their mind, how they were trying to hypnotize people to be double agents, and about how they were trying to work on this whole idea of remote viewing. Mm-hmm. Which was like sending people into different dimensions of space to be able to like tell them where the cars are and stuff. I mean, it would be safer. It's like a uh, like a mystical drone, right? Exactly. It would be much safer if you know it existed. Yeah. To yeah. Mu- to Why are to you a- saying it didn't? <laughs> there has been no conclusive evidence that anything they did ever actually had any basis of science, which is why it That's has been counterpoint. Counterpoint: They would not have put it on their website yeah. if it did. That well, that's true, but it would be strange to put so much on the website unless it's like uh, a double bluff. Oh, I guess. Except, no, 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 Ellie, bluff. you are falling right into their trap because uh-huh. now we're doing a podcast where you're like, so guess what? We found it didn't exist because I saw the stuff on the website. This mm-hmm. is exactly what they mm-hmm. wanted you to do. You're right. You're right, guys. I know. Case closed. Podcast <laughs> over. I know. Yes, I am. <laughs> Play the outro music. Anyway, here is a lesser known fact about all this, is that the Soviets and the Americans used what little they knew of each other's work to create a self-sustaining cycle of funding. So there were people on the inside of these mind control missions passing information between the US and the USSR so that the governments would continue to feel like afraid of what the other people were doing, which is how they managed to sink billions of dollars into this thing without allegedly any results. Because they would be like, any results on paper, because they'd be like, well, did you hear what the Russians are doing? They're doing this now. And then they'd be like, well, did you hear what the Americans are doing? Now they can do these crazy things. And the governments would panic and keep giving them money. Um, which is very cool. Yikes. <laughs> yeah. So because that, uh, the billion, uh, the, it only ended in the early 21st century when the funding bubble burst because they were like, wait, this, so on paper, what can you show us has been successful? And they were like, yes. <laughs> they were like, so success is not really the metric that we're yeah. u- using to measure in these cases. Mm-hmm. It's more just kind of like fear and maybe a little bit of loathing. If I were in charge of that kind of program... And then I finally got that one person who was Beth, who could do the mind control and the remote viewing. I would hide her. Right. Yeah. And then I would, in like uh, way underground, like so far, no one would ever hear her or find her ever, 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 threatening to kill me. (laughs) No, I'm 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 trying to keep you safe because of your remarkable power. Anyway, I would never tell anybody. And then I would continue the other shit. Yeah. Right. Well, so the reason they were doing all this testing, um, is it called MK Ultra? Yeah. Yes. And the Men Who Start Goats program. Um, I only know that because of the Jesse Eisenberg movie. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. We've come real circle. Cool. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right, you got me. <laughs> the, 
the reason that they wanted all these tests to be successful was so that they could learn how to communicate orders and secret reports from mind to mind, uh, control soldiers through hypnosis, and both sides had a real boner for being able to like sabotage equipment from their minds. They just oh, wanted yeah. like stare at a barn and be like, "It's bad, it's like crazy Matilda. Yeah. I mean, it's like objectively cool. Yeah, or even you know, like kill a man through telekinesis and then just be like, "I am all powerful." Yeah, on either side, they loved it. But here, the uh, the whole idea of being able to like secretly encode something in someone's brain, like Inception mm-hmm. that they weren't aware of, that they then carried this message, but then like this, it was it was written down in one, in, a, in some of the research I was reading very very well. So two memos from 1954 and 1955 dredged up the CIA thinking through post hypnotic suggestion in extensive credulous detail. How, for instance, to pass a secret message to a field operative without danger of interception. This is what an undisclosed author wrote in 1954 about this whole thing. The idea of being able to send a message from brain to brain. We can encode it in a messenger's brain so they'll have no memory whatsoever in the waking state as to the nature and contents of the message. Even if a Soviet agent gets word of the messenger's importance, no amount of third-party tactics can pry the message loose, for he simply does not have it in his conscious mind. Pity the poor water-boated captive. <laughs> well, okay, because like, was just like, I know exactly what it is. <laughs> oh my god. But see, that's the thing, though, is like, so were, was that uh, author saying that it was successful? They were successfully able to put these messages in people's No, minds? this was an author saying, this is what we're going to do, and it's oh, going to work so hard. this is what we're going to do. Again, like, whether you could do it or not, it would be very smart to tell the other side that you could do it. Oh, yeah, because sure. Because then they wouldn't, yeah. they wouldn't spend a lot of time and resources torturing your agents. But essentially what you're doing is... Hello, Chelsea. You will have no memory that the troops are on the northern side. Now go over there where the bad men are. And then you walk over there and they're like, tell us where the troops are. And you're like, they're on the northern side. <laughs> because I know. Because I remember them telling me. Or you'd be like, I don't know, like, I feel the northern side, but like, that's probably not right. Because like, it's definitely buried deep in my brain. I couldn't access it yeah, even I if I wanted to. Yeah, telling me that. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. please. So little has been known about the Soviet Union's whole side of this until fairly recently. Yeah, those are secrets. Yeah, so they called this whole thing psychotronics. That was such a, a better name. That's so cool. Psychotronic, Can dude. We talk about how, because I've always thought, I don't want to get too deep into this, I always thought cosmonaut is a much cooler word much than astronaut. Cooler, yeah. Much cooler. I'm a cosmonaut. Psych- yeah, I'm a cosmonaut. Psychotronics, also much cooler. Much name. cooler. That was dreamed up by a, a, a French born engineer, Fernand Clerc. Proud in you. 1954. Uh, that involved the hiring of physicists, engineers, biologists who explored paranormal potential to try and discover psychic phenomena. I love that. They're like, hey, we're the psychotronics. Exactly. in the psychotronics. So nice. their work involved experiments in parapsychology built on a long-standing idea in Soviet science that the human brain could receive and transmit a certain kind of high-frequency electromagnetic radiation and that this could influence other objects too. Various researchers reported that this human energy could change the magnetization of hydrogen nuclei and stimulate the immune systems of wheat, vine, and even humans. That's they developed jump. a device. That's a huge jump. They developed <laughs> wheat, vine, and people. <laughs> Those are the three but types of matter. Have, did they even have evidence that it works on the wheat and the vine? I'm. A, no. a, you know, I know. I don't think oh, so. They, like, but this could definitely also work on on the people. Yeah. They even developed a device called a serpan that could generate and store this energy. I love something that's like just scientific enough to like get the nerds horny but like when you think about it for more than a second like it just sort of falls apart mm. yeah this paper that we that we found out we you know that i got most of this information from was released by search kernbach who's a at the research center advanced robotics and environmental science in stuttgart mm-hmm. <laughs> um he talks further about this serpent this device used to generate and store this electromagnetic electromagnetic high frequency radiation which is apparently what it is. He said, if a generator is designed properly, it is able to accumulate biology from all living things, animals, plants, humans, and then release it outside. But it doesn't say where. Release it into the world. Or even release, how. Just release it outside. It's like it's like a vacuum cleaner. <laughs> you just want to suck up all that bioenergy and then just pop it outside. I had a really wild story the other day, actually. I was talking to somebody about the fact that I have misophonia, which is the fact that certain noises make me want to beat the shit out of people. Sure. So if they're eating loudly, I'm like, I'll donkey kick Getcha. you in the face. Yeah. <laughs> just certain noises make my make my whole body hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a condition. They thought I was talking about this thing that happened in Cuba. 
Cuba, Soviet Union, like, okay. Yeah, where, friends. Where Formally. a whole load of people who were staying, I think they were, like, at the U.S. Embassy and at a hotel, but all Americans, and I think Canadians, all started getting really, really sick, as in vomit, like, relentlessly vomiting. From a frequency? And reporting this high-pitched noise in their rooms huh. that they could hear, like, whenever they were in the room. When somebody would come in to check on them, it stopped. Hmm. Maybe. And they all started having it. When was this? Maybe this was an ex- well, one of their I think experiments. It was in like, Could be. I think it was in like the seventies. Oh shit! That's prime oh, time. That is prime time. It says here much of the research was discontinued in two thousand three. Allegedly, it's not clear whether Russia has ongoing programs in these areas. I feel like they probably do. Yeah. Oh, so do the US. hundred percent. I'm sure the US does too. Oh, Baby Poot, hundred percent. Yeah. Both the USA and the USSR tried to hypnotize double agents, which totally failed. Imagine being that bloke. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Yes. Oh I see what you're saying, big time. Yeah. Oh the oh. other guys are the bad guys. Oh hundred percent. Gotcha. Yeah. Um so so you're saying I can leave? Am I done? So you guys captured me. You asked me a bunch of questions and shone some light in my eyes, and now I'm allowed to. And I'm, I'm just, gonna go. I'm just gonna. I'm, go. Gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and go. I don't know nothing about You're not nobody. You're gonna let me get halfway down the street and then yeah. take me out. Are you sure? Yeah. I can. I can just. Oh, they 100. percent Yeah, that's my story. Um, well, I'm gonna give you seven points for research. Well researched. Thank you. Many facts. Thank you. I am gonna deduct a couple points because I feel like. It was really, like, immediately clear to me and Beth that, like, all this stuff is real and is 100% working. And I feel like you really fell oh. for the CIA's, like, counter, like... Yeah, yeah so minus, minus three so, for just, like, pure naivety. Yes, yeah, minus yeah, three okay. for naivete. Yeah, so I like, got a four from you. So you was a solid four. I'm going to give you... Um, I'm going to give you nine points because I really, really enjoyed the adorable pronunciation of Stuttgart. Oh, thank you. you. Yeah, like, you really thank committed you. to it. I did. I feel like if I were from... Stuttgart, is that right? I would be like, oh my god, I feel seen. I'm gonna remove three points um, for. Well, I was actually considering doing for the same reason. For the naivete. Like, yeah, come on, I don't believe everything the CIA tell you. Um, What's my but, net from that? But frequent mentions of the Six. men who stare at goats. I heard goats a lot of times. Um, and that makes you happy. No, that's removed three points. Oh. From you. you don't like goats? I do like goats. There were just so many other experiments that you could have used. Okay. Other than the men who stare at goats. Well, I was just trying to keep it provide us with a photo of Jesse Eisenberg. Now you see me, now you don't. Sheep. I remember this. Yes, the sheep at sea. The mystery of people going missing from cruise ships. <gasps> Murdered by their husbands. So I'm, I'm super interested by people going missing at all, like, or dying mm-hmm. on cruise ships, because the thought of being in... Like deep, international waters, deep international waters, deep waters, with no uh, no idea of who's going to rescue you, has just like terrified me for years since uh, Open Water that film. Oh from, yeah, that was the sharks. Which by the way, do you know that film's based on a true story? Yeah, I did. Terrifying, that. horrid. No. Anyway, do you want to hear something that'll upset you? Always. <laughs> Literally always uh, to put my dad on blast. So like, uh, we used to go on a lot of cruises when I was a kid, and I was like, okay, bougie. All right. Well, not really. Like there were carnival cruises, so oh, calm down. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and like, but here's the thing: is like, you know, he had he had three kids. I had two steps two sets of siblings um, so we were all between the age of seven and 13 I was a seven year old last born hashtag last born I remember overhearing my dad tell his friend yeah cruises are the best for family vacations because like Chelsea like where's she gonna go like I don't have to see her like for days like and I know that she's gonna be safe because like where's she gonna go she's on a cruise ship and I remember thinking that was funny then and the older I got I was like that's so scary my that's dad was so just funny. like my dad was just like there's nothing well like nothing could happen to her like we're in a lot we're in a closed space and I was like we sure weren't he well, thought the whole cruise ship was like a daycare no well it is no. not and let me tell you why so since the year 2000 over 300 people have gone missing on cruise ships since over the year 2000? Yes. Over 300 over people. Over 300 people. Now, some of these are obviously, like, cut and dry, right? Like, people get... There's so much alcohol flowing yeah. on cruise ships. You're in close proximity with people, so if there's, like... there's like, An altercation. Them, yeah. yeah. And, and then also, you know, sometimes people commit suicide. But then there are also cases where there's something super weird at play. So, for example, I'm going to give you two stories. 
Okay. Um, the first one is Amy Bradley. She went. This is a super famous case, um, and also. Um, Crime Junkies podcast has an amazing episode on this one. 1998, on a cruise with her family. She was 23, drinking all night. Her dad woke up briefly at like 5.15, 5.30. He wasn't too sure of the time. But it was definitely after 5 because he saw the clock. She was asleep outside on the balcony. They had like a shared balcony between the two rooms. Mm-hmm. And 6 a.m., he woke up fully, went out. She was gone. <gasps> she was like proper asleep before. So it wasn't like... She was out there having a hard time. He left her out there. He right. Inside, she jumped. Right. It would literally have given her maybe half an hour to have woken up from a deep sleep. Yeah. And made the decision to jump overboard. Um, she just gone back into her room. No, that she was nowhere to be found. So there's no evidence of foul play, no evidence of suicide, and like what's really scary, and I'll come back to this because it freaks me out. So the cruise companies allowed all the passengers to disembark at their next stop, which was like I think Aruba. And they could all, they let everybody get off. And then they did a full another search of the ship. But the whole theory with Amy Bradley is that she was taken into sex slavery. So there's been multiple sightings of her over the last years, like in the Caribbean with, uh, so she had some like distinctive tattoos. And because they let everybody off, there's no way of knowing. It also took like the FBI something like a week before they started investigating it because they have to leave it to the local authorities wherever it's been like registered wherever it's like signed into oh no which is super scary and it's like I think it was Aruba like they just don't have the ability to fully investigate or like right. interview or thousands yeah. of people and you know it's just insane throughout the years there have been quite a few sightings of her that's um, so scary and a photo was sent to her family that wait produced, what yeah wait what a, fam- a photo got sent to her family somebody who'd been at like a brothel who was like pretty sure that's that missing girl also like, 20 years later 10 years later I hope that that person who sent the photo was also like and then I did deep reflection on whether or not I was like helping the sex slave trade yeah. in my visit <laughs> to the brothel is there is there a person on a, a cruise ship that is like an investigator? Like, is there like an onboard sort of like I ship police or no. something? So not only is there not that, they also have um, security cameras on board, but mm-hmm. nobody manning them because that would take like if you think it's about the size of a cruise ship, it's like it's like a city, huge, and thousands of people. It would take a huge amount. So what they'll... The CCTV is reactive. Like, they'll use it when Oof. something dodgy happens. You know, people get, like, sexually assaulted on... But it's not live monitored. It's not live monitored. There is, however, the technology that could be used. I'm going to, again, come back to this, but there is a technology that's called, like, man overboard technology that's, like, basically sensors around the outside of the ship that if somebody was to go overboard, it's super quick to check. Was well, that a seagull flying past it or something or a wave hitting right. it? Right. Mm-hmm. Or did somebody go overboard? and then catch them like you know catch them but you know like grab them pick, right. pick them back up without it being this huge huge thing but they don't want to do that and I'm going to come back to that when I discuss big cruise um, <laughs> my next story is another crazy one so George Smith his name was George Smith it's just, I think this was a much bigger story in the US than it was in the UK but um so 2005, he's on his honeymoon. Oh, I didn't oh, hear about this no. one. Um, after a night of like intense drinking, like heavy, heavy drinking, he was gambling a lot. His wife like disappeared off with like a staffer from. It, I think things got pretty loose, but no judgment. Everybody do what they want to do. Um, <laughs> he got back to his room with like four other guys. Brought him back. They were like on CCTV, taking him back. He was like wasted. Right. Um, the neighbors then reported hearing shouting, fighting, and then a very, very loud bump. And the next morning, somebody in one of the rooms downstairs comes out onto their little balcony and says, why is there blood? And there was blood everywhere. and Not everywhere. There was blood. And there was blood in his room as well when they investigated later. Yeah. Obviously, his whole family, uh, minus his wife, which I believe it was murder. Um, She doesn't? Oh, okay. So, like, I yeah, I'm I'm not one to like. I'm real. I'm all about innocent until proven guilty. But when, <laughs> when, when ten people say murder and the eleventh person who was there was like, I don't know, it's probably fine. So, I'd be looking at that eleventh person. The eleventh person who been, just tied themselves to that person for life. Yeah, she's just she's been ruled out and will, have, has never said how why, and the FBI have never said why, which to me suggests. 
probably was like she had with somebody else alibi. But they, uh, an airtight yeah you need it like she was with somebody else she's like i have no recollection of that night but why would someone kill him it's like maybe it's like a cognitive dissonance thing like she can't if if she was really having an affair because also we don't know anything about their relationship if she was really having an affair and then her husband was murdered mm-hmm. maybe that's like too much on her psyche like she's like for her yeah. like you know what i mean like yeah. it just feels too big and like to, to, de- yeah. Yeah, to deal with was a body found oh. body was never found body was never found split, split, split splash did they do yeah. any kind of were they able to do any kind of testing to see if that was his blood i couldn't find anything on this i think they might have said that they couldn't link it to him hmm However, yeah, that's weird but he had gone overboard so they didn't have his blood right unless it was just like from record they only have do it they know records. he went overboard or they're saying they never found his body they never found his body he, and i know I'm like i'm pretty this... sure that guy went overboard whether he was dead or alive when he went right so no he i, I get that on the side of the i guess what i meant was like did they have like any kind of cctv of him going no, overboard nothing i wonder if it was just like a like a robbery gone wrong or something well that's another theory because they heard a lot of rummaging after the thud because I've, I've heard of that happening in hotels before that people get super wasted in hotel bars and like other people wait till it be like hey man like you're really drunk i'm gonna take you back to your room and they're like oh thank you very much you're so nice exactly, and then, exactly. yeah and yeah then they take them back and, and they steal their yeah. stuff things happen right people die mysteriously people disappear people yeah 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 themselves what's insane is how the cruise ships handle it because they are all about protecting their interests and obviously this is big cruise, and it's so awful so people who've reported family members missing have been kind of dumped out at the next <gasps> at the next port with all of the belongings in a bag what they let people off the ship at the next stop because they don't like their biggest fear is having to do a stop and do a search mission holding up the thousands of people that they've got on board and ruining their fucking holiday so they don't go yeah. looking for somebody who might be um that's so scary so the industry's huge there's millions of passengers every <laughs> year um and they they just think about the good reputation and an example of this i'm sure you remember this is rebecca corium who was the one who worked oh, for disney cruises yes so she worked for disney cruises and she a british woman and she disappeared after being on a phone call looking very agitated but it was an internal phone then just was like never seen again they again it was like really awful how they handled it as in they didn't like report it to her family for quite a while um they like hushed it up they hushed up completely and her family like i think sued disney but there was all these changes in the laws because they were like you guys know more than you're letting on and you're all about protecting your interests i remember reading a thing one time that said because of like the kind of wonky ways that international waters laws work um that's part of the reason that all cruise ships are like if you look they're all based in like really rent like not even like the 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 places that they go to it'll be like a very obscure island country Mm. that's because like they have more lax tax laws they have what they usually have non-existent labor laws um so they can take advantage of like a lot of times like the international sort of crew all around bad yeah not good and christopher caldwell who's called he went missing off a cruise in 2004 they didn't inform the coast guard or authorities until they had searched the entire ship and let everyone off which took three and a half hours so three and a half hours on from a guy falling into the water so i think the longest i looked at this like this is the best i could find the longest that anyone survived after falling it was 18 hours wow so three and a half hours later like even if he had survived the fall which from some of those yeah it would kill you but yeah you're also really reducing the chance of being able to let his family know what to do there's no law there's no law on it because they don't need to let the authorities know until they port because they're in international waters that's wild so you need like a judge on every boat <laughs> or at least like it in like i we need a judge from this... bodyguard <laughs> just like walking around just and it's not up. sexy yeah but he's walking around and he's like that's dodgy and that's like i'm not cool. so but... smart i'm so smart and i yeah. know what's going on let's take this to the judge of the sea so i do have a different Is that theory. Poseidon? I've got another i guess theory. yeah Poseidon. Yeah. yeah i had this other theory those instances those guys like were either killed or you know sold into sex slavery although christopher caldwell not so much rebecca corium not so much like they just went missing and they probably either jumped or got pushed one thing that's really interesting is like every single case the family of course are like they would never have jumped they wouldn't have got so drunk and stupid that they would stand near the edge and you know get swept in by a big wave or whatever one thing i was thinking about was so you've got like prairie madness stir crazy mm-hmm. uh like cabin fever 
drastic changes of environment can have a huge impact on like mental Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. Well being, and could it potentially be that people just almost like break? They seem completely fine. They're handling it well, so no one that they're with has any sense that something weird's going on, and they suddenly something switches. Not that they want to uh, necessarily like intend to hurt themselves by jumping, but that they're like, oh, I'm going mad on this boat. I'm gonna like, I want to yeah. like, stand up on you know, like Titanic style, like stand up on the or just like I do anything to get out of this situation. Exactly. And you're not thinking clearly. Yeah, I think that's. that's it's like, like kind of like the feeling that you get when you're standing on a bridge and you're like, I just want to throw my phone off it. Yeah, yeah, kind of. <laughs> like an intrusive thought, yeah. kind of. <sighs> but does it, like, does it get triggered by the weird, like, because a cruise ship is fucking weird. Yeah. I'm a triple water sign. I love being in the ocean. I love being near bodies of water. But I do find vast open water like that to be a little bit, like, psychologically oppressive. Yeah. Well, so this, this sensor that they could get and, that, like, would work... It costs like a hundred k to install on a big mm. on a big cruise ship, right? Um, then which that easy. is nothing. Like, yeah, but the um, impact it would have on like every time it went off, you'd have to stop. Because oh. you said like you said like gulls and stuff can trigger yeah. anything that can trigger it. Yeah, yeah you'd like, have to sure, check that it takes out. A few minutes, right? And like people don't. Re- I don't think people realize when they go on cruises how unprotected they are. Yeah, and like the, yeah, like no one on that boat cares about like, about you but yeah. i think it would make the whole thing this is not in any way advocating for the cruise ship companies because i think they should do that but i think they would make the whole journey like you couldn't predict how much you would have to stop you couldn't predict therefore the effect on the journey yeah it makes it incredibly difficult um but it's i mean at the same time the pe- minimum- they should care about people dying so one more wild thing and then i'll stop the minimum height of the railings is only 3.5 feet what? Even I could fall off that. And I'm very small. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, 3.6 You could trip over that. that. Yeah. Some of the things that I remember from being on a cruise, even though it was small, was how much it really did, like, sort of pitch mm. in the water, which, like, the idea is it's supposed to be so big that, like, even on, like, ocean waves, you wouldn't feel it, but you sure did. Mm-hmm. And then one time, I actually, I had a family member who was on a cruise. I wasn't on this cruise, thank God, because I think it would have scarred me for fucking life. <laughs> and she described, she was lying in bed in their cabin. Um, and her husband and the kids had gone off to like go do something and she said that she remembers she was on her bed and all of a sudden it pitched like almost 45 degrees like she says she had to reach up and grab the headboard to keep from slipping off and everything moved and then after that like the the captain came on like the overhead system I'm so sorry about that he said the hydraulics temporarily failed so the hydraulic system underneath the boat is what helps keep it level because it's so big and it failed and when it failed the boat literally pitched almost 45 degrees and like if there was only a railing that was four feet and you were on like one of the top decks then you're gone yeah you're just gone Beth Beth, incredible great topic oh my god great topic so much I so good so creeped out kind of came out I want to read so much more yeah um yeah fuck cruises man giving you seven points seven points no deductions no deductions yeah I liked it a lot Oh my god. Yeah, I can't. I'm trying to think of like something funny to deduct you for, but I really <laughs> like. I'm like, what? Like, uh, like, it's not your fault sex slavery is a problem. Like, I'm not going to deduct not, you for that. Not only my fault, anyway. <laughs> I'm going to. I don't even know if this is allowed, but like, fuck it. Uh, I'm going to give you also 10 points, and I'm going to deduct 5.5 million points. <laughs> From the asshole who was like, yeah, I found a photo when I was at my, the sex yeah. slavery dungeon. Yeah. That, that guy, guy loses points. That guy loses points. Dude, you're you're already crushing me. Yeah. Oh, no, thank you so much. Well she wants support and um, fuck cruise ships. Yeah. yeah. with a question I love that I love that wait can you remind me what the title was uh, like father like son oh, yeah. so my first question to you guys is each of you separately as people do you believe in curses no oh no. do I? oh Beth do you believe in curses curse? no you carry on um, it's a C-U-R-S-E no. I don't however I do believe that the mental impact of believing that you have been cursed can cause that thing to happen to you so if someone's like your hair's gonna fall out you're like what and yeah. then your hair falls out 
and then maybe you can pass that trauma on to your son. Psychosomatic traumas, yeah. yeah. Uh, I do believe in curses. Well, because... Go on. Well, through other things, but it, you know, the curses are quite biblical. There's a lot of curses in the Bible. True, and plagues. But curses is like such as, hey women, everything's going to suck for you guys. Oh, that kind of curse. Well, the most famous cursed family in America is the Kennedy family. Mm-hmm. But we're not going to get into them. I, <laughs> I know. I mean, I... I mean, well, we can I, do the Kennedys sometime. Yeah. I, I know... I bore no ill will toward the Kennedys, but I, I am also, like... This might sound terrible, but, like, I'm not as interested in the Kennedy curse because, like... I still think like they're working at like a net benefit. They're incredibly rich. Blessed, yeah, yeah, like they're also quite blessed. Super so, rich. So they can't really so complain. white. Yeah, mm. uh, they were like, oh, we we came up at a time when people didn't like Catholics, and I'm like, yeah, they didn't like Catholics, but not in the way that they didn't like anyone who wasn't white. So right. like, let's be chill. So who? Yeah, but a family, another family that is very famous in American lore, uh, that I believe was cursed, is the Lee family. The are Lee you guys family? So are you guys familiar with Brandon Lee? No, probably not. Not as famous as his father Bruce Lee. Oh, you guys oh know my Bruce god. Lee? I know this. Oh my god! Yeah, this is an amazing story. It's incredible. This is such a good story. Bruce Lee credited with bringing kung fu to America. Yeah, right? off of the nunchucks. <laughs> yes, and uh, he never had to see the the huge success of his career I mean, obviously he was successful in the beginning of his career but he died in 1973 the age of 32 right before his most successful movie came out which was Enter the Dragon Bruce Lee also his son Brandon Lee both born in the year of the dragon mm. uh, in the Chinese astrology so very important there's a lot of things like that in this story okay um, Bruce Lee died at the age of 32 oh. uh, officially of a cerebral edema which is when you have fluid in your brain oh. um but there's a lot about it that's a mystery and that still has never been solved. Interesting. So, he was married. He had a son named Brandon. Uh, but he was at an actress's home when he died. He was at Betty Ting's home. She was an actress in a movie he was working on called Game of Death. Okay. Great title. Great Very title. solid. So here's the weird thing. He died of cerebral edema. They were... Uh, and they came up with all these like reasons at the time, but none of them made sense. So one of them was like, well, it was weed, and like now, like we've like conclusively proven, like weed cannot sure just give wasn't. you like, a sudden cerebral edema. Then they were like, "Well, it's because Betty Ting gave him this thing called equagesic, which was it's like a combination aspirin sedative." Okay. And they were like, "Oh, he had an allergic reaction," but that doesn't really make sense either because he had been using aspirin like he was a kung fu, he was an action star. He used aspirin like almost on a daily basis. He had never had any kind of allergic reaction. And they were like, yeah, but sure, but maybe just this one time. But here's the other thing. He had been treated for cerebral edema a few months before, and they were like, yeah, like you should watch this, but like it's going to go down, you'll be fine. And then he was fine for months, and then just like suddenly he died. And so it was just this really weird thing. There were a lot of people who thought that he was murdered. Yeah. It didn't help that the woman whose house he was at, who uh, later said that she was his mistress, she was a Taiwanese actress. And so there was a lot of like theoretical political motives. My gut instinct says that some of that is like kind of rooted in misogyny because she was an actress who was known specifically for playing like sort of like these like sultry, like bedroom assassins. Yeah. So I feel like they kind of played into that in a way that there's not really any evidence that Betty Ting actually killed him. Right. But um, they thought maybe the triads had come after him. There was another theory that like he was a very vocal critic of Japanese martial arts. So they thought maybe Jap- like Big Japan. Cool dude. Uh, big cool Japanese yeah. guy. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> anyway, um, the theory that has been put forward more contemporaneously that I think is the most interesting, but not necessarily solves every problem is uh one of his biographers said that he had his sweat glands removed a few months before he died because he didn't want to look like he was exerting too much effort in his fight what? scenes so he had his sweat that glands removed so he wouldn't sweat a bowl of milk, i know honestly. yeah yeah strong flex but then he wasn't you know you have you sweat so that you can is that you just have them like botoxed i think he they were saying he had them surgically removed from underneath his arms so the thing was, like, it was an unseasonably hot day the day he died. Cerebral edema is often a side effect of heat stroke. So it's possible that he got he so hot. up real quick. Yeah, so he got so hot that he died of heat stroke. Very possible. Brandon Lee 
believed his whole life that his father was murdered by mm-hmm. political uh, political rivals from Hong Kong wow. or from China or from mainland China. Brandon then also decided to go on and become an actor. Do you know about what happened to Brandon Lee? I think I do. A little bit. This is a fucking insane story. Okay. So, Brandon Lee died at age 28. Oh. Yeah. And he died a week or so before he was supposed to get married to his fiance. A week or so before wrapping what would have been his breakout movie, biggest movie of his career. Yeah. It's called The Crow. And in the movie The Crow, he plays this sort of paranormal character who you see in flashback was murdered. He and his his girlfriend was raped and he was murdered. Uh Uh, It's really weird. So in order to understand what they say happened to Brendan Lee, let's talk about what makes a bullet. A bullet is essentially two parts. The part that you would call a blank, which is basically the propellant. So that would be your, like, cartridge full of gunpowder or right. any kind of explosive device. Yeah. And then you have the actual bullet tip. Yes. And when you put those two things together, you have a bullet. But when you separate them out, you have either a dummy round, which is a tip without a propellant, so it can't go anywhere. Mm. Or you have a blank, which is a propellant without a tip. Gotcha. So whenever they shoot a close-up of a shooting scene in a movie, they use a dummy round because then you can actually pull a trigger without anything happening. Do you get like the motion? Yeah. The knockback of the gun, you get the sound, not the sound of like an actual fire, but you get the sound of like the click. Yeah. You get the whole, the the entire mechanism of the gun basically, Mm -hmm. but you get nothing coming out. That's a dummy. Right. When you're doing any other gun scene in a movie, you just use a blank, which again is the, propellant without so it goes bang but nothing happens yes it's a really loud sound the other thing that you should know about blanks in movies is that they usually pack them with two to three times the gunpowder that you'd normally put in a bullet because it makes a louder sound because Mm. it doesn't actually have anything to push so you don't want it to kind of be like me yeah so they put a bunch in there so it's like (laughs) they were gonna film this death scene for brandon's character with a blank However, the gun that was used was previously used in a close-up scene. Okay. And the prop guys couldn't find any dummy cartridges for it. So what they did was they found some real bullets that were in the prop area, and they took them apart to make sort of makeshift dummy rounds. So basically they just took the tip Uh off the bullet. Uh Uh-huh. And what they didn't realize, because nobody... This is all what they say. What they realized, because nobody checked, is that one of those dummy rounds never got taken back out of the gun again. So then that gun that now has a dummy round in it, nobody knows, gets taken to set for Brandon's big death scene. They put the blanks in there. When the actor shoots the gun in the scene, the blank lodged with the dummy that no one knew was there and made a makeshift bullet and shot him. That's what they say happened. Nobody knew what... And then it made the sound like it was supposed to do. The squibbling <sighs> like it was supposed to. He fell to the ground like he was supposed to. Everyone called, cut. Great job, Brandon. And then Brandon didn't get up. And everybody thought, that's a really funny joke, Brandon. Wow. Brandon such method, Brandon. Yeah, God, such method. It was a few... It was five or six minutes before somebody was like, hey, get up. So Brandon bled out. That's the official story. There are some weird things about that story. For example, the coroner's report says that they found a real bullet in the spine. Surely the bullet, you could check that that was true from the bullet. Right, that it was a makeshift bullet. The coroner's report said it was a real live ammo from a forty-four. Yeah, because that story is bollocks. Because the story, because it is kind of insane. <laughs> it, it, it does presuppose a world in which, like, you can just, like, cobble shit together and make lethal bullets. Yeah. Which I'm not saying, like, I'm no bullet scientist. And this is just I'm like, not Dr. Bullet. Derp, derp, derp. Here we had the front bit in, and then we accidentally put the empty bits of the back bits, and then oopsie-daisy. Yeah. And that somehow the gun, yes, like, pushed the cartridge with enough force to yeah. push out the dummy to hit him from, like, 10 or 15 feet away through a grocery bag because that's where the squib was squib was in the grocery um, bag how long after um he had been shot was that story told was that told like to the emergency like it was pretty soon after it was like the next day it was, that was like the explanation um yes so but i mean was that the explanation that was given oh to, like, no 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 everything that i read said it was, it was basically mass chaos on set nobody mm. understood what the fuck was going on right uh, they were terrified the i will say no matter what happened i do believe that the actor that shot him 
did not know what was going on or what happened. He was Ooh. reportedly suicidal. He was so profoundly traumatized he, by this experience. Beside himself. He stopped acting for years. Uh, he says he's, to this day, he's never seen the film. He can't watch it. I cannot imagine what that would be like. Yeah. Uh, his name is Michael Massey. He was in some oh, of the Spider-Man movies. Yeah, he was in some of the Spider-Man movies that had uh, Andrew Garfield in them. Anyway. Ellie, you and I know, like, people do take shortcuts on, sure, on film sets. I, yeah. But it is a bonanca story. It yes. is also very strange that the initial coroner's report says it was a real gu- a real bullet, but then the police, the official police report that cleared the production said, oh no, it was a it was a makeshift one. Big Hollywood. We could tell. Yeah, uh, Big Hollywood. The other very strange thing is that he reportedly, so like, you know, once they figured out what happened, they immediately rushed him to the hospital. He was in surgery for like 12 hours, but they couldn't save him. Uh, during that time, uh, he received the enough blood transfusions that the hospital would normally use for five adult men. Wow. Which is strange. So, like, again, like, for a for a makeshift fake bullet that was shot from some distance, from 12 to 15 feet away, is what they said. Just a complete oopsie-daisy. Yeah. So he died. The other insane thing is he's not the only person on that set to die. Oh. Uh, the, oh, no. The production itself was reportedly cursed. There was... An electrician mm-hmm. who was uh, electrocuted by a live wire that just like happened to touch his uh, like a little electrician box. Okay. Um, there was another. There was like a craftsman that impaled his own hand with a, a screwdriver, and then Aww. there was a sculptor who went berserk and drove a car through the studio's plaster shop. Oh. All on all on this one movie set. So then people thought the movie was cursed. They were not sure how to possibly market or distribute this film that this very like prominent uh, actor had died on. Makes sense because he has a death scene in the movie. The movie is about a man who dies and then comes back as like a spooky oh, ghost yikes. and gets revenge. They were terrified that people would think that the footage of that character being shot was real was real so they reshot it so that it was like really kind of vague and it's like all from behind and you never see the actor's face partially because they had to have a different actor but also so that they could be like oh there's no way that this is the footage of of brandon lee and the film was a huge hit monster success um i've i've seen it i love that movie i definitely during my goth phase i was like oh my god the yeah, but I still think it holds it. up. It holds up. Yeah. It's a good film. Uh, but yes, uh, Brandon Lee thought that his father was murdered, and then he died under suspicious circumstances. Also, huh. uh, both Bruce and Brandon Lee thought that they were haunted by a haunted by a demon. Oh, life's cool. Yeah, uh, Bruce Lee's older brother died before he was born, and his parents were so superstitious about it. For the first 15 years of Bruce Lee's life, his parents called him by a girl's name because they were worried that the demon would hear a boy's name and know that they had another son and try to come take their new son. So they called him a girl's name to confuse the demon. Woof. Yeah. And then the last little bit, just to like really bring it all home, if you're still not convinced that like something was fucked up with that family, uh, remember how I said that Bruce Lee died while he was working on a movie called Game of Death? Yeah. Do you know what Game of Death was about? It was about an actor working on a movie where somebody comes in, an assassin comes in disguised as an actor and shoots him on set. What? (gasps) Shut the fuck up! Yeah, that's what Game of Death is about. That's crazy. Yeah. It's insane. Like, did they investigate Michael Massey? I don't know. <laughs> Have I, they thought that? Did they think he's good for it? No, but I mean, like, what? Like, I mean, talk about, like, some, like, Poirot, like, perfect crime shit. Like, you want to kill an actor, so you plant a real bullet in a gun and give it to Allegedly. the actor that's supposed to shoot him. Allegedly. Allegedly. The official report is that it was, uh, that it was an accident, that it was a freak accident. It's just. So strange. Chelsea, that's 10. That's 10 points. Oh my God, I love a 10. Yeah, I'm giving you a 10. I'm going to give you... um, I'm going to give you a 9. The reason it's not a 10 is this. (sighs) Yeah. I really feel like the big hitter of the story came... At the end, when I now I just can't now I want to talk about that more. Yeah, <laughs> but um, it's over now. But no, it's too late now. Yeah. So we should come a little bit earlier, so that I could have lost my shit a little bit earlier and have more time to continue to lose my shit. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, so no, that nobody's gonna stop you from you like pacing around the apartment after this. Well, now I'm gonna have to do that, and uh, it's late. I got but... absolutely dicked on on this episode. No, you didn't. I got ten. 
You got 19. Oh. She got well, twenty nine. None something. of us, none of us ever know how many points. <laughs> yeah, are ever true. The happen. points don't really mean anything, but you yeah. know, you do you still do one them. Stole the show. So home good. runs. Home runs. Yeah, Thank you so much for coming to this cupboard. Yeah. You oh anytime not anytime because you don't want to do it again. Boiling and I, yeah. my legs feel weird. Yeah, yeah. my legs suddenly just started hurting so bad and I'm yeah. worried I'm about to get a cerebral edema. So So uh thank you so much for listening. Um you can find this podcast at WhatPod on Twitter and Instagram. You can find me at Ellie Main on Instagram and Ellie Maney on Twitter. Chelsea is at Chelsea Half Bush all across the internet. Thank you so much for listening and I hope you learned something today and if not maybe go learn something I dare you get involved be brave